The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Brutal Nation. Of course, our part two on the notorious book and Burke. Burke. God damn it. The Williams. Speaking is hard because I have the retard. Stop it. I am. I'm totally fucking retarded. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only... Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam Tam. Hi, everybody. So, a bizarre thing I was just telling Tammy this off the air is uh, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and I'm listening to a collection of stories right now. Are these still from the trailer parks? No, no, no. I, I got rid of those. This is a series that's put out by a company called Scare Street, and it's several authors and everything like that. Oh, okay, yeah. And in one of the stories, they, they have a graveyard scene. Uh, you know, with a goth chick that's in there and everything like that. And they're talking about why there's cages over some of the graves. Mm-hmm. And I told you about that, remember, last week? I yeah, talked well, about I thought how was, they have cages over them. I thought it was cool mm-hmm. in this that um, they said, you know, to prevent grave robbers. Is, of course, the most famous of all uh, around here is, is Burke and Hare. Oh, my God. We're featuring them. Yeah. That's awesome. Wait, so I'm, I'm going to address the grave robbing part. Towards the end of my episode. I was a little impressed with this for a minute. Yeah. It was, it was pretty Just awesome. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. All right. There's not much about us that's impressing, so. Oh, I'm all impressive. I mean, just take a look at me. No, dude. <laughs> no. I have an impressively large butt. <laughs> yeah. Impressively large butt. Um, I'm cantankerous. I tell bad jokes is, all the oh time. Oh, my God, yes. The, the two that I sent you, though. The videos I sent you were fucking hilarious. And then that one you sent in a group chat. Yeah. That one was kind of funny. Which one was that? I can't the puppet? The blue puppet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember what it said, but it was, oh, about, um, um, oh, my God. I can't remember now, but it was funny. It was hilarious. All right. So why don't you take us into the wonderful world of Disney? I mean, the wonderful world of Burke and Hare. Okay. Well, remember he had, they had killed all these people. And remember the... Technique they could, came up with eventually became a verb called to burk or burking. Right. They, they'd get him drunk and then kill him after they'd that. They'd get him drunk, then they'd like suffocate him. Right. Yeah. So there, there were no broken bones or anything like that, except for that one kid, they broke his back. And then remember how they killed Daff Jamie? Yes. The, he, the beloved town character, the homeless guy who was kind of right. slow and everything that almost got the upper hand. Yeah. And I think that he should. And I'll tell you why. I've mentioned this before. And I do like the mentally disabled guys, like Down syndrome people, because they're they're generally nice people. Very. But they have super retard strength. They do. I'm telling you, man. I'm not. The Rock's a fairly big guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that any Down syndrome guy could whoop his ass. Oh, I'm sure my nephew could. Oh yeah, dude. They're, they 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 have yeah. superpowers. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, let's hear about so Mr. Anyways, Hair. Now we're going to talk about their last murder, and then how what happened to them. Um, their last murder actually happened on Halloween, 1828. Your favorite Sweet. holiday. It is. I know. How can they commit this horrible shit on my favorite holiday? Bastards. I don't know. Well, remember Norris and Bittaker? Was it Norris and Bittaker? I think it was Norris and Bittaker that dropped that girl off on the 
uh, oh, lawn yeah. on Halloween. I thought she yeah. was a decoration. I remember that now. Yeah. So when Burke woke up on Halloween morning, actually, it was just a normal routine day. He went to his favorite local tavern to get his morning whiskey because apparently that's all they drink over there. Um, he thought it was going to be just routine day. Then that's the breakfast of champions. I'm just saying. What whiskey? Yeah, hell whiskey? yeah. Yeah. Now I need a Kleenex. Okay, going. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, because my nose is just like I don't know. Thank you. I have a box. But yeah, I have a whole box, Tammy. Um. Anyways, so um, until an elderly woman actually walked in the door and began to converse with some of the other patrons in the tavern. Care to buy an old lady a drink? I need the breakfast of champions. A little shot of whiskey. Yeah, well, he noticed right away she was from Ireland. You know, probably because of her accent. Top of the morning to you. Would you mind buying an old lady a drink? Anyhow. Can't start the day without a little whiskey. Not all Irish people drink. They're all alcoholics. Are you an alcoholic coffee goddess? Oh, well, there you go. See, she's the exception to the rule because they put a shot collar on her. And every time she reached for a drink, zap. That's how you got to train women. I'm just saying. That's how we're going to train your dog. <laughs> um, anyways, so he approached her and asked her to have a dram with him, which we've already talked about as a shot of whiskey, uh-huh. um, which he ordered right away. And during the conversation, she told him that her name was Mary Doherty and she was from Inisowen, I-N-N-I-S-O-W-E-N. She was slurring is what she was. We don't actually know where she's from. That's a slur. I traveled a top of the morning into you. Anyways, so then he got a surprised look on his face and he told her that his mom hailed from there and that she too was a Doherty. I believe he's blowing smoke up her ass, but whatever. That is a whole different subject that goes into porn. If he's blowing smoke up her hoo-ha. Her ass. Or her Anyways, butt. after Burke and Mary talked about the coincidence some more, they discussed the possibility that they might be related. Um, once he established this bond with her, it didn't take much to convince her to accompany him back to his residence. Now, remember him and Hare, had, they had moved away from each other by then. Because, you know, he went on vacation, found out that, you know, first of all, uh, Hare's common-law wife wanted him to kill his girlfriend. And then uh, Hare was also, like, doing their business while he was away. Right. Okay. So, um... Are you sure he wasn't trying to lure her back there for a little thumbs-up? Let me get to Drunk my story. Drunk are awesome. I'm just saying. By this time, I wouldn't know. They know about the power of the prune. Ew! You know, sometimes I just get that, mo- that frickin' porn out of my head, and then you <laughs> put it back. They know the power. Power of the prune. <laughs> Call the prune brothers. <laughs> That's just gross. Now, the grossest part, honestly, is when she's going to... Number one, I've seen her in a few different porns, right? Have you? Oh, yeah. No, she's in several of them. She always plays just... Because she's just gnarly. She's nasty. She's skanky as hell. The she is. With. Very. Her coming into a kitchen going, ah, I can't shit. I know, right? Because, honestly, like I'm pretty vulgar myself, but if I'm all stopped up, I either say... God damn, I'm a bit stopped up. I can't poop. I don't walk into my kitchen and go, eh, forget shit. Better call the prune sisters or anything like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I 
I mean, I don't have women showing up in milkman out- outfits going, you have to beg for the prune juice, Scotty. <laughs> Nothing like that. I just man, I got to figure this out because this That's is kind of a hurting. little disturbing. <laughs> Anywho. You should have seen last Friday night. It was. A, that's a whole different podcast. Never mind. Yeah, no. Anyways, so. Um, okay. So uh, by this time, Burke and Helen had uh, a couple renting a room from them by the name of James and Anne Gray. Or as I'm going to start calling them, victim one and two. Because if you're renting a room from them, chances are you might not make it. You might not. But when he and Mary arrived back at his place, Helen and the Grace welcomed the old lady warmly. They were like, oh, welcome, blah, blah, blah. Top and of the morning to you, lady. Would you like a little nip of the whiskey? Well, because remember, Helen is Scottish and Burke is Irish. So That's right. She's out there looking for Nessie. She was <laughs> On looking, the look. Yeah. So after some time... Burke actually managed to persuade Mary to stay with them overnight. And then he made other arrangements for the Grays to go stay at Hare's boarding house that evening. (laughs) I know, right? That's not suspicious at all. No. So once everyone knew where they were sleeping, everyone settled down to celebrate the Halloween festivities. As you can imagine, since he started out drinking in the morning, the whiskey just kept being poured. And I know what he was singing. It was Halloween. So he was probably... Jingle bells, jingle bells, happy New Year's to me. <laughs> On Halloween. It's Halloween, can't you see? I'm drunk as I could be. It wasn't that this is Halloween, this is Halloween. Nah, he's too drunk to even get that through his head, man. No, oh, okay. Because <laughs> remember, he thinks he, he convinced her that his mom's also from... Innocent. <laughs> <laughs> And it's Minnesota, that's where they're <laughs> Anyways, so, and then, it, like, the liquor didn't stop being poured all night long. <laughs> so liquor in at, the front, poker in the rear. <laughs> stop it. At that point, the Grays left and headed to the Hares to go to bed. However, before they walked out the door, Burke and Helen told them, come back in the morning so we can have breakfast. Okay? Probably a bad idea. So... After the Grays left, the celebration at Burke's carried on. His neighbors said later that they remembered hearing drinking, dancing, and even some arguing coming from Burke's rooms for most of the night. Yeah. Don't kill me. I'm going to kill you. Uh, no, you're not. Yeah, I'd argue about that. Yeah, too. well, at approximately midnight, a neighbor from upstairs happened to be passing by Burke's door when he overheard what sounded like two men arguing back and forth. Then he heard a woman yell out, Murder, get the police, there's a murder here. The man rushed out to the road looking for a police officer, but couldn't find one. You mean a bobby? Probably. No, because they're in Scotland. Oh, that's right. England has the bobbies. Yeah. Scotland just have Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard. On the lock. I can't even roll my R's, so. And that's where Nessie comes from. She works for Scotland Yard, too. Duh. Duh. <laughs> then let's go play some golf. You see? <laughs> Shut up. See, there are some things I hate doing with you. We could crack the case with Nessie. <laughs> so, when he couldn't find a policeman, he went back into the house, and as he was walking by the door, he stopped to listen. When he didn't hear anything, he just assumed it was a regular argument, and it was over, and instead of checking things out, he went upstairs to his own place and went to bed. That's actually a smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that she's probably going to be biting, you know, biting the the big one here, kicking the bucket. But um, sometimes the less you know, ignorance is bliss. It can be. That's right. Hey, this is what I heard. I'm out of here. Bye bye. (laughs) And then other times ignorance gets you five years. 
Oh, no, don't tell me. Okay, go ahead. No, I was talking about my case. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that convict. So first thing in the morning on the following day, the Greys arrived back at Burke's and Helen's as arranged, and as soon as they arrived, they noticed that Mary wasn't there. When they inquired about where she was, Helen said that she had asked the old lady to leave because she wouldn't stop being overly friendly towards Burke. Mm, lucky bird. Yeah. So later, when Anne Gray walked towards the spare bed in order to grab a pair of socks she had left there, she didn't even make it to the bed when Burke yelled at her to stay away from there. Stay away from that area. In the lock. Okay. Later, when she got close to the bed again, when she was trying to grab some potatoes, because, you know, <laughs> they eat a lot of potatoes. In Ireland. Yeah. Uh, Burke yelled at her again to stay away from that area. Um, at no potatoes for you. <laughs> Shut up. Bunny lass. You know what? I'm not even one page into this. <laughs> at some point during the early evening. I'm caffeinated. <laughs> I can tell. Burke and Helen left. Since the greys were alone, Anne was curious why Burke didn't want her near the bed, so she took a quick peek. That's when she saw an old lady's body just stuffed under the bed. Where else are you going to hide her? Yeah. As you can imagine, she and her husband ran out of the house. As they did, they ran right smack into Helen, who happened to be returning to the residence at that time. Considering the frantic way the greys ran from the house, Helen goes, what's going on? Where are you guys headed? James was angry when he told Helen about the body and asked her if she knew anything. At that point, Helen began to panic. She practically begged him them to keep their mouth shut and even told them she would pay them 10 pounds a week for their silence. Which isn't a lot considering they're getting 10 pounds per body, you know, and they're going quite frequently. Yeah, no, that's true. But it's actually a brilliant thing to do if you offer that to them and then you can make them feel they're part of the whole conspiracy. You know, drinks happen. and uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. So this only made the Greys angrier, and James informed Helen that she was bringing disgrace upon her family. Then he and Anne walked away to look for a police officer. After the Greys walked away, Helen and Margaret rushed to find their husbands in order to warn them about what was going on. Apparently, they located him in time because when the authorities arrived back at Burke's house a little later, the house was empty. Uh, And they were drunk. Yeah. Upon questioning the neighbors, the police learned that two men had been leaving the house er, had been seen leaving the house earlier that day carrying a tea chest between them. A short time later, Burke and Helen returned to their house and rather innocently talked to the authorities, asking them what the problem seemed to be. <laughs> in an effort to get to the bottom of things, the officers separated Burke and Helen in order to question them individually. Now, once the cops had Burke and Helen in their separate rooms, they began to question them about what had happened to the old lady they heard was there the night before. Burke wasn't worried. After all, he and Helen had gone over what they, they would say to the authorities, right? With the utmost confidence, Burke said um, that Mary had left his place at approximately 7 a.m. When Helen was asked the same question, she too said that Mary had left at 7. However, she, told, she said the old woman took off at 7 p.m. Instead of 7 a.m. Since there was a 12-hour difference, the authorities became suspicious and hauled the two in for further questioning. Oh, hold on. That's not even suspicion. I mean, they're both the same when you've been drinking all fucking night. <laughs> 7 a.m., <laughs> 7 p.m. All your life. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're in a constant state of I'm drunk. So, yeah. you know, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., 2 in the this morning. This kind of ties in with your Friday. Next Friday. 
It's all the same time, honestly. Same, it's, same. It's same, same, same. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, the police received an anonymous tip. This tip led them to the classrooms of Professor Dr. Robert Knox. Upon arriving there, they found the corpse of an older woman, and James Gray made the identification that it was, in fact, Mary Doherty. Uh, a short time later, Hare and Margaret were hauled in for questioning. With all four suspects in custody, the police set about the arduous tax of unraveling the events that had transpired. Of course, that's her. Can't you smell the whiskey upon her? She's pickled. Shut up. My that nose. pot is never going to rot. Come over here real quick. Well, you want me to slap it with my penis or something? <laughs> no, my mom says when my nose itches, I have to kiss a fool. No, and then, then, then I'll shrivel up and die. I'll get whatever disease you have. What are you trying to say? That you're infected. You butt butts with me earlier. Yeah, my pants was down. So, you know, <laughs> German people like a little poo action. No, your pants were up. Shut up. Don't tell <laughs> me <all> <laughs> No, they weren't. <laughs> Think chunky peanut butter. Think disgusting fucker. <laughs> when all was said and done, Burke was given the death penalty. And in, in 1829, he was hanged for his crimes. However, that didn't satisfy the public. There was an outcry for Knox and Hare to be hanged as well. I will address the fate of Hare in a minute. However, Knox was never charged for any of the crimes. Um, he was allowed to continue teaching at the school, but when he applied for positions at other educational institutes, they rejected his application. Oh, poor guy. He's just buying a commodity. Right? Eventually, though, he did manage to get hired by a research institute specializing in cancer research. Uh, it was a Nazi institute. That's what it was. They're like, okay, we see that you took bodies that you knew were killed by other people. But this was in the mid-1800s. He was before Nazism. Oh, no. Nazis were hanging out. You guys just didn't hear about him then. They said, you're fine. Believe me, we will all go get the Jews, and you can continue... Your experiments and research there, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, man, that sounds bomb." Yeah, to me. totally, man. You got Anywho. any whiskey? <laughs> we can all In be drunk end, over this shit. Burke and Hare were held responsible for the deaths of sixteen individuals. However, the public and authorities believe that number could be as high as thirty. And also, when all was said and done, Burke was only prosecuted, convicted, and executed for one murder, and that was Mary Doherty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Helen McDougal was also charged with murder. However, I was unable to locate information about her fate other than she was spared the gallows. Okay. Now, let's talk about hair for a minute. It's a hairy situation. As I mentioned, Burke wound up being hung for the crimes he and Hare committed. However, Hare and his partner, um, Margaret turned King's evidence against Burke and Helen. And as a result, he was never charged, nor did he spend any time in prison for his part in the murders. Go here. That's a fucked up thing to do, but it's smart. Yeah, this decision never sat well with the citizens of Edinburgh or Great Britain as a whole, especially since Hare was obviously as involved with the murders as Burke was. Not only that, it was clear he was the original mastermind that prompted the crimes to be committed in the first place. Because remember, Mm -hmm. his um, tenant died, and that's how they got into the whole corpse-selling business. The public also felt that he was a true sociopath and feared he would commit murder again. It was just a matter of when and how. Um, 
After Burke and Hare were hauled in for questioning, Hare was placed in protective custody. Then on February 5, 1829, he was placed in disguise before the authorities loaded him onto a coach headed for Dumfries. At some point, he was recognized, and a mob foreman pursued him through the streets. The author- I, I can just imagine pitchforks and torches, because it's back in the 1800s. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. The authorities intervened and asked, again, placed him in protective custody. They then reinforced protection on the building he was in as the mob advanced, demanding justice. Once the police managed to disperse the angry crowd, they also smuggled him out of the city. At that point, they informed him from that moment forward, he was on his own and responsible for getting himself to the border. Run, Um, bitch, run. (laughs) Yeah, basically that means that the Scottish authorities had finally, quote unquote, washed their hands of this guy. Uh, Mainly because they could have cared less had someone inflicted the justice everyone felt should have befallen here from the beginning. There are some reliable reports that indicate he had mentioned his intention to return to Ireland. As it turns out, that is the last bit of reliable proof regarding the fate. Where? Hang on. Oh, there we go. The fate of Burke and Hare. Fate of the Hare, Burke and Hare mastermind. It's believed that he would have been between 21 and 30 years old at that time. And some say that Hare met his fate within 60 minutes of when the authorities walked away from him. However, some say that he had adopted a new identity and lived well into the 1880s. Keep in mind, Burke and Hare committed their crimes before the dawn of photographic technology. The only images we have of the two of them are artist renditions printed in newspapers and the courtroom sketches. And it was also time before paper trails could be followed. So all one had to do in order to change our identity was make a decision on what their new name would be. You know, like um, Carl Panzerum did. Yeah, no, that would work. What the heck? That's the neighbors. I'm yeah. going I'm, I'm to change my identity. To floof floof flufflebutt. Why? Why not? That's an awesome name. Floof floof flufflebutt. You do have a fluffy butt. I do. That's why my milkshake brings all the boys to my yard. Because <laughs> your life is better than theirs. You'd teach them, but you'd have to charge. Yep, exactly. I'm a sexy bitch. No, you're not. Oh, yes, the I only am. Thing, I like how your dog just lays there and barks, yeah. like growls. She grumbles. She's a grouchy old lady. She's nine years old, for fuck's sakes. I know. The only thing we can be sure of is that he did manage to disappear into thin air. Some web sleuths have surmised that Hare settled in Applecross, a Scottish town. However, there are also three other theories out there, two of which are not documented in any publication about Burke and Hare. They're just theories. Um, one of those common theories is that he relocated to London. Um, once there, he wandered the streets until the late, until the 19, 1860s or 70s as an old blind beggar. And the reason for this particular allegation was due to a book released in 1899 titled Atlas Famous Trials of the Century. We're going to party like it's 1899. Are you done? Um, in that, the author in that book writes, it will be within the recollection of many Londoners. And remember, this is old English speak. So, uh, who are just yet past middle age, that when their childish walks took them on the north side of Oxford Street, one of the principal attractions consisted in the view of a certain blind beggar who, with dog and stick, was wont to solicit alms of the passersby. Alms for the poor. (laughs) Robin Hood. I thought it was arms for the poor, like poor people that don't have arms. No. 
his story <laughs> harmless people. his story was on the lips of every nurse maid and he and he was pointed out to awestruck children as William Hare, one of the actors in the West Point murders. Keep in mind the author didn't come across up with this on his own. There's a newspaper from 1881 that reported it may be interesting to state that up to within a short time ago, Hare, stone blind, might be seen begging in the streets of London under an assumed name led by a dog which he held on a string. Um, poor doggy. All I could think about is those, remember those leashes that had the invisible dogs? Hell yeah. That's <laughs> the best kind of dog, man. Yeah. It's also noted Doesn't that eat much. <laughs> oh, shut up. It is also noted that the man referred to in the article was named Thomas Ware, an individual who became blind when he fell into a lime pit. This is known because in December, he actually went to the courts of London in newspaper to report the fo- and reported the following. Wait a minute. After that, did he fall into a tequila pit? No. No, just <laughs> no. asking. <laughs> I'm just wondering, man. Lime just in wondering. the coconut. Hey, man, lime with tequila is it's like bomb. bomb. <laughs> I know. Gotta have a little. I like my tequila straight, but lime with it. I like my I like my tequila with salt on the rim and lime. I don't know. I can I can do without the salt rim job, but definitely gotta have the lime. You okay over there? No. <laughs> I've done that to you multiple times this week. Almost made you spit out your coffee you or drink. Did. <laughs> so Thomas Ware. A remarkably tall blind man who was led about by a shark, shark. Oh, I, I think it's supposed to be short. Then I had shark. <laughs> he sharted, <laughs> and everybody knew. Terrier dog attended before Mister Norton. Ew, his dog sharted. That's even worse. And requested his assistance in relieving him of a serious stigma upon his character. And relieving him of a shark. This appearance was virtually useless and Ware's fight to set the record straight. More newspaper reports that were written in the 80s and 1980s and 90s make his failure clear. As it turns out, he had managed to become an unwilling part of Britain's mythology surrounding William Hare. Um, then there's the account that he relocated to Canada. Um, Fucking Canadians. Well, and that's a long account, so I'm not even going to get into it. But... Apparently that somebody was somebody else else in this town that he relocated to um, had gotten a copy of like, remember those like they called them, what do they call them? Dime store, dime novels or something like that. Okay, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I'm yeah, yeah. like spaghetti western type things. Right. Without the spaghetti. Or the western. Or the western. Yeah. So I mean, there's no chili in that spaghetti. Shut up. New York City. Are you done? Get a rope. <laughs> They're so old. Anyways. <laughs> we had the best commercials growing we up, man. We did. Like, we remember did. the Raid commercials? The what? The Raid commercials? Oh, yeah. I used to love those, man. Now commercials are fucking all politically correct and stupid. I know, huh? Bastards. No entertainment in it. The one with the it. fucking orkin man with the guys talking to the cockroach. Yeah. a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> in his kitchen. Yep. <laughs> That's so gross. That have you ever seen the movie Joe's Apartment? No, and I refuse to watch. Dude, it. it's hilarious. No, I was traumatized by cockroaches not too long ago, and no. The funniest part is when Joe realizes that his cockroaches talk. He goes, "You talk," and one takes a piece of spaghetti and pours it around his neck. Talk, we sing, and they sing him a song. 
It's no. awesome. It's a stoner movie, man. Yeah. It's well, best my to watch told it when you're me high. I need to watch it, but I was traumatized by cockroaches. So. You will laugh. And it has a happy ending. Not like a happy ending like this, but like a real happy ending. I did not need to see you pretend like you're jacking off over well, there. There's two kinds of happy endings. There's the happy endings that I get when I'm waxed, and then there's the happy endings in this movie. Don't tell people that, because Michelle will get oh. a bad reputation. He's lying people. I'm lying about Michelle. I'm sorry. Yes. She would never do that. No. To anybody but me. Okay, Shut wait, continue. Up. Um, Let's see here. And I got to pay extra for that, but it's not even Thailand. It's kind of You need to sad. give her an extra tip this month. It's her birthday. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah. I'm going to give her an extra tip. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I have nothing more to say. Anyways, um, it's still moist. So, anyways, apparently this guy had gotten a hold of this, had asked his neighbor to read this thing, and while he was reading it, um, he f- seized with violent paroxysms, which are sudden attacks of emotion and mental agony, with and had fearful convulsions and he sent for a priest, but before the priest arrived, he expired in dreadful torments. Oh my God. He read my tax report. Of yeah. What I got to pay out. Yeah. As hair had pretended to be a Protestant, the neighbors considered the circumstances of his sending for a priest to be confirmation of their suspicions. However, the problem with that account is the last name of the individual in question. Make no mistake. William Hare was a rather intelligent individual. I mean, he got away with murder. With that in mind, would he have kept using Hare as his last name? Where's the best place to hide? In plain sight. In plain sight. Yes. You can say, I'm not that Hare. Yeah. I'm a different Harry Hare. Hang on. I got to show you this. I get, like, memories on my fucking thing. (laughs) My son dressed up as Lady Gaga. Oh, it's going through a thingy. Sorry. Oh, my God. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm officially traumatized looking at, at a picture of uh, a bullfrog. Don't be traumatized. No, he was dressed up as Lady Gaga for uh, Relay for Life. Breast cancer awareness. Um, and then there's the report that um, Hare made it all the way to Australia. Now, this one... This account is not only entertaining, but it's also rather incredible. So I'm going to actually read it to you. He was attacked by kangaroos? No. Actually, I don't think I'm going to get into it. But he basically ended up there as a convict. (laughs) That was a shocker. Yeah, and then died and everything. But anyways, so I'm going to tell you about the legacy of Birkenhair and then... um, uh, let's see here. But yeah, so, and then uh, he was a convict and he was sent to do some work at one place, got, you know, fired from there. Was and got eaten by an alligator. A croc- he got eaten by a croc, mate. A crocodile. A giant croc came out of nowhere. And he said, hey, I'm going to put my finger in his bum. And the croc didn't like that because he's not the crocodile hunter. Continue on, mate. I'm distant. I don't even know what to say. So when it comes to the legacy of Birkenhair, they are icons of British culture. You found that in your book. Um, it got to the point where the crimes they committed became a worldwide legend. However, most of the in- in- stories indicate that these guys were king of the grave robbers. 
But keep in mind, there isn't any evidence found that they actually robbed a grave. Just kill people. They just kill people. Fabulous. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when Burke confessed to 16 murders, he adamantly denied committing such a basic crime as grave robbery. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. That, like like a, that was beneath him. I like a guy who has some morals. Yeah, okay. The crimes that Burke and Hare committed even prompted a new word to be added to the English dictionaries. I talked about it before, even though it isn't widely used today. According to the dictionary, the verb to Burke is defined as to murder someone by violent means or by smothering. Or if you have to Burkeulosis, then you need a doctor. Or two Birkenstocks. If you have two Birkenstocks, you got good taste. It's better than two Birkin Crocs. <laughs> I don't have Crocs. Whatever there, Croc woman. So the West Point murders have been worked their way into children's folklore. When children misbehave in an effort to discipline them, parents will sometimes threaten them with a visit from Birkin Hare. Nice. But that's not all. When it comes to the crimes Burke and Hare committed, children have, been, have even come up with a rhyme that's often recited when they ju- are jumping rope or playing hopscotch. They go like this. Up the close and down the stair in, a, in the house with Burke and Hare. Burke's the butcher, Hare's the thief, knocks the boy who, knocks the boy who buys the beef. Burke and Hare fell down the stair with a body in a box going to Dr. Knox. That's fucking sweet, man. I love that. Yeah. So, do you want to know what really happened with Burke after he was executed? Ooh, do tell. Dun, dun, dun. His remains were sent to a medical school, and his skeleton is still on display in a medical institution in Scotland. That is some karma shit going on right there. That's some karma shit right there. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, this one isn't as long as it was last week, but um, I just think it's really bizarre that Hare was the mastermind. He was the one that said, hey, let's do this. And I'll bet you that he he thought far enough ahead to where if we get caught, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just... Fucking, I'm going to throw this dude under the bus. If you remember correctly, he only took part in one, the majority of the murders on one, you know, the bulk of the murdering part on one individual. And that was uh, Burke's relative. Right, right, right. Yeah. Other than that, he made sure Burke did it. You know, so I believe he is a true sociopath. Genius. I just wonder where he ended up. I think maybe he got eaten by a croc. So you think he went to Australia? He went down under, mate, and then he was there as a prisoner, and he had to go work with the crocs, and one bit him on his pecker, and he died. Okay. <laughs> You're weird. Never get a blowjob from a croc, mate. <laughs> says that right in the rule book. It says no, no, not same, same, mate. <laughs> How would you know what a blowjob from a croc is like? Don't judge me. I am judging you. <laughs> what happened between me and the zoo is a sealed... Is that why you're not allowed in a petting zoo anymore? I call it a heavy petting zoo. I know you do. <laughs> yeah. I got the text. <laughs> I'm just saying. People don't realize the trauma I go through every day with you. I think it's freaking awesome. <laughs> no, it is traumatic being your friend. 
It is. It's it's awesome, is what it is. It's traumatic, <laughs> Scott. Yes. It's traumatic. I need more caffeine. No, no, you don't. Copious amounts more. You know what we need? We need to do some day drinking. <laughs> and blow jobs some Crocs, or so I've heard. <laughs> you know, I wanted to get laid for my birthday, but no. Call our mutual friend, or Croc. No. Go to the heavy petting zoo. Trust me, it's worth the no, trip. No, and I've even contacted my ex, but he's got a hernia, so fuck him. Because he's weak. <laughs> That was not nice. Dude, you're weak. Just that saying. That's not nice. Not nice, but true. Weak That's ass hernia getting motherfuckers. Nice. You know what? <laughs> Stay off my men, Scott. I haven't humped him yet. I was going to say, give it some time. <laughs> give uh, you it know, some time. A little wine, some candlelight. You never know what happened. You ruined happen. all of my shit. Maybe a little spit and determination. Sick fucker. Oh, fine. I'll break out the real lube. Jesus, I be so picky. I am very picky. But how anyways. Think, how do you think he got a hernia? <laughs> it's not a hernia he got. <laughs> he got a hernia him? Uh-huh. <laughs> fucking sick fucker. You're so disgusting. <laughs> He's going to walk funny for, for a minute. Scott. <laughs> Why do you do that to me? Because they call me Dr. Love. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah, I think I am. Good. We can stop now. <laughs> no, I can't. I can hate you. If you look at him, he has bruises on his hips. <laughs> Looks like two hands. Are you finished? Hold on. Almost. Almost there. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I love that look of death. You know I do that just to get that look? It would be perfect for the YouTube channel. Just saying. I've got to get a picture of that look to put it in our YouTube videos. You need to get a picture of this look and fucking put it on your bedroom wall. I'd never have sex again. There you go. Or masturbate. <laughs> well, there you go. What are you trying to... Fuck you, Scott! <laughs> I love my time bomb jokes. All right. <laughs> Remember, you can send us an email to Brutal Nation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Uh, check out the uh, check out the website at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium and vote, uh, Crime Beat that's on Medium or wherever you get your blogs from. The show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.